episode of the second season of coffee cigarettes and as you guys know god show so many things to talk about uh this week so let's just get straight into it Aiden, how you been i uh, i've been well i've had midterms this week and uh, i'm hanging in there Whew. how are you i've been all right you know coronavirus cases jumping up in italy everybody gotta wear a mask now in public so you know Let's get, let's get into it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Did, did you watch any games this weekend? I saw a few games. Uh, uh, our listeners, let's just say real quick, it's going to be a special podcast. We're going to have two segments with a special guest in between. So stay tuned for that. You do not want to miss that. Uh, I couldn't put it better myself. Yes. You probably uh, couldn't have. So, uh, what games did you see? <laughs> Fuck you. Uh, what did I see? I saw Fiorentina Samp. I, f- I think. Uh, wait, did Ooh. who got fired this weekend? Someone got. I think was Del Neri got fired. Del Neri, but that's City B, bro. We're we're oh, we're, not, okay, we're, not, okay. we're not stupid. We're not stooping down to that level, man. Uh, well, you know, you're a Padova fan, so. Stupid. Well, you know, more. I'm also a Diego Lopez fan, and so he did get rehired I, from Brighton. I do like Diego Lopez more than I like. I don't really like Del Neri, so yeah, that makes You don't like Del Neri? Mm-hmm. He took Kevo to their highest heights. Yeah, he took Juve to their lowest. <laughs> 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 no, he actually did all right with Juve, but um, anyways. If that's... you don't mind, I, I, I think Del Neri is the poor man's Mondesani. I mean, I feel like there's someone in between there to be like someone else is the poor man's Malazani and Del Neri is the poor man version of that. But I, I feel like we're getting off the subject a little bit here. All right. All right. You want to talk about Cesar Cosme? Let's talk about Cosme. No, actually, I wanted to talk about Beppe Iacchini. I think he is going to be the first manager fired in Serie A. Because I did. And he deserves it. The one game. And he deserves it. And the one game, because the one game I did watch was Fiorentina Samp. And I actually. I've watched some, uh, I would say, at least two of their games out of the three. And okay. he really messed up against Inter. Uh, he had their had his foot on their neck, and then he decided to, like, play a little more defensive, which was a stupid idea with 30 minutes left, and the Inter came back. Uh, in this mm-hmm. game against Samp, they were at home playing against, you know, a lesser opponent than Inter, no offense to Samp. And... Um, the team just doesn't look good. Uh, I agree with everything you just said. Um, although uh, uh, he's going to have it much more rough now with Fiorentina with uh, certain players leaving. And uh, we'll talk about that later. I guess. We can talk about it now. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I think, no, so I think with Chiesa leaving is hey, a big hole in their team. Yeah. Um, but they did pick up yeah, Cajon. Which he is a solid player, but uh, 
he's not the he's not the guy that's gonna make that difference in certain games like Kiza did. I think. No, I I can see him going with uh, Lirola over Callejon at least to start off, because uh, in that position you sorry can... isn't Lirola like a left like a left back? He's he's left a he's a right sorry. wing back. Right wing back. Can, I think he can play on the left as well, but he's mainly a right back mm. slash right wing back slash right mid now, I guess. Um, I think you need someone that can track back. Chiesa was tracking back. I don't know if I don't think Cayohon is that player, unless he kind of sticks back and then picks and chooses when he makes his runs. Um, it depends because Ancelotti played him as a right wing back, and yeah, he has those defensive qualities. But you're really going to use him as an attacking. Uh, uh, player or more of a defensive player. He's not going to do both. That's a problem. He's also up in so, age. I don't think he has the stamina that he once had to be able to, you know, be a complete right mid that Fiorentina needs or that uh, Chiesa was for them uh, tracking back and yeah. going forward. I think if Fiorentina would have pulled off that upset, that uh, last uh, that uh, uh, transfer... No, no, the transfer... Um, transfer deadline uh, um, day uh, move uh, with Milik, I think they would have been good. But you have Kutrone as a, your, uh, at least um, as your main striker. No, Kutrone is not their main out. striker. Their main striker, uh, they, they've been starting Kwame uh, until right. Ribery got hurt. And I think it's been Vlaovic and Kwame up top. Um Regardless, it's not the greatest, uh, you know, it's, it's not a spoil of riches. That's, you know. No, sure. I, I just, I have, a, I have a sweet spot for Fiorentina and Fidenza as a whole in the city. Um, as a whole in the city, I don't know what that means. But uh, uh, I hope Fiorentina does well. They deserve to be back in at least Europa League. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, it'd be nice to see. But uh, it's definitely not going to be under Beppe Lecchini. Well, it's not going to be under anybody else. I think a good manager can get this team to play the right way. I mean, they have some talent there. You know what I'd like to see? And uh, sorry if I, I, I sidetrack a little bit, but I always thought Prandelli and uh, Firenze was such a good match. I thought, uh, I think maybe that Prandelli could uh, do a good job there. Come back. Yeah, I don't know what he's up to now, but that would uh, that, that, that was a good match then and be a good match now. But uh, not to spend uh, anyway, so a recap. <laughs> the whole podcast yeah. about Fiorentina. Um, Atalanta uh, beat Cagliari 5-2. They're looking like true contenders for the title. I think Del Piero called it right. He called them, he said that Inter and Atalanta are title contenders. And uh, I believe he's right. Atalanta have the firepower. They're just, they're, mm-hmm. It's hard for any team to play, you know, defense against them and keep a clean sheet. Um so definitely they seem to always sell high and buy low they have these new players that um the guy they got from the dinamo kiev i'm sorry i don't remember his name Miranchuk. he seems like a Miranchuk seems like a good young talent um um and uh del piero seems to seems to have got it right this time uh unlike his restaurant which is it's good but it's not great um, jesus christ man but uh yeah <laughs> Sorry. No, it's actually pretty good. If you're in Los Angeles and you're in the Beverly Hills area, yeah, go there. But if you're in the Valley, it's not worth it. <laughs> but, um, yeah. 
No, that's worth no, it. Atalanta, it's I think. It's a good uh, restaurant. Atalanta, no, it's a great restaurant. Uh, you can meet him, which is the best part. Not the food, meeting him. Um, but Atalanta has uh, the highest goal scoring record in the last year than any other team combined in the last, what, 50, 60 years. They're scoring like four goals a game. Yeah, and I think the I mean we've we've talked about this a lot. A lot of credit goes to Gasperini and the Atalanta management. I mean, this just this past summer they sold just between two players, um, Kulusevsky and Diallo, I think, who went to Man U. They made like seventy million off of that. That's a you know, that's a model for the rest of the league. That's how you're supposed to be running business. I like Atalanta because it's it's not about it's it's an old school club, not about business for them. No, but they've um, integrated well. They are, they've integrated well. They've they've adapted. Oh yeah, they've for adapted sure, yeah. to what the modern game is, and uh, it's still maintained their team. I mean, like they haven't made any big, you know, sells. You know, usually with you know a team that has that kind of budget, they have to sell off you know their top player every summer. Mm-hmm. But uh, Atalanta has done well to maintain their key players and still make money off of the other players. It's you know, a great example for the rest of let's the league. Let's not forget. Let's not forget. If it wasn't the last three unlucky minutes for them, they could have made it to the Champions League semifinal. Yes, yes, we discussed that in the last podcast. No. Yeah. Um, other than that, so uh, uh, Milan, Milan, La Spezia. Milan, La Spezia. I didn't see the game or the highlights, so you're gonna have to lead the way on this one, buddy. So, um, as far as Milan is concerned, look, um, positive start. Great analysis. Season, but so lots of... <laughs> I'm kidding. Go ahead. That was rude of me. I apologize. I was pretty much... No, no. I was pretty <laughs> much done. No, I'm kidding. No, positive start to the season, but I also want to warn these our Milan, our loyal Milan uh, listeners that uh, we haven't played anybody great. No, I'm, you've, you've played I'm relegation sure battling we... teams for the past three weeks. Yeah, but the... At the same time, the past five or six seasons, these are the games. These are the games we were dropping. No, that's true, and, and you're also playing last season. And, and to be fair, I Ibrahimovic, Rebic. I think Rebic has played a game or two, but yes, but no. Um, two weeks ago, he dislocated his elbow, and he didn't play last game. Okay, so. I I you think play, that yeah. um, Elon did a poor job of covering its center back. I mean, Kier had a good season last year but uh you guys haven't really invested in did you guys get a center back we did not we uh negotiated for like three center backs and we couldn't get any uh any of them so this is milan's main problem this season we have no depth in the bench um our starting lineup is actually pretty fucking good uh excuse my language no, please but as soon as as soon as somebody gets injured in defense God forbid a Hernandez. God forbid a Romagnoli. God forbid a Kiar. God forbid a Chanonoglu gets injured. God forbid anybody gets injured. We're I think at right back people can get injured. But yeah, I get your point. Yeah, um, it's uh, listen. Uh, Pioli, Pioli had it had it right. Like, listen, we we've had a positive start this season, but we're gonna have some troubles along the way, and I think we're gonna get to this later. Our next game is against Inter, and uh, that's our first true test. And I think that's the first true signs of uh, where you where you're going to see Milan's going to go. 
Agreed. I mean, it's, uh, I would say that, you know, not having Romagnoli and not really having, I, I, I don't want to say a star center back, but like, you know, center backs that are supposed to be on Milan's level, because with all due respect to Chiara and Gabbia, I don't think that they're on what should be Milan's level. No, 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 level. no, no, please. No respect. <laughs> no respect. Um, but that being said, they've kept three clean sheets and they usually do drop points to smaller teams. Uh, so, you know, credit to them. Hopefully they can stay consistent and strong until the end of the season and get a European spot, hopefully a Champions League spot, because like we said in the last podcast, right. uh, Champions League misses, or Italy misses having uh, Milan in the Champions League. Um, right. Last yeah. thing on, on Milan is uh, um, to get fourth place, we don't need to beat Juve, we don't need to beat Inter, we don't need to beat Atalanta. We need to beat the smaller teams and we need to be consistent. So if we can keep this up, I think we can be fourth place contenders. Um, I'm not saying we're challenged for the title or anything, but if we can continue like this and beat the smaller teams, we got a shot. That's yeah. all I have to say. And I would say that I hope you guys play Fiorentina before they sack Yakini. Um, but as you said, you guys played in- or play Inter in the next fixture, and Inter tied Lazio. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, okay. Which uh, that. There was a lot of, you know, drama in that case, or in that case, sorry, oh my God, I'm on law school of mine in that game. Uh, did you watch the highlights? Because I didn't watch it. Um, yeah, well, you know, Inter players are usually a bunch of bitches. So, <laughs> all right, so that. that's our city reach. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, it's an expected. Nah, you know what? Imam Imam got sent off. Imam got I did see that. I don't think Immobile deserved to get sent off. Uh, since he got a second no. yellow card, I think that was kind of deserved. Uh, but uh, it was a chippy game. I, I did see some of the highlights actually. It was a chippy game, but uh, it was it's an expected result okay. from this game. I think I think they're both kind of on the same level, even though Inter has spent a lot more money. I, I think Lazio is still up there, although I don't think they're as deep. I don't think I don't think Lazio's up there at all at all. Oh, in terms of quality, I think they are. On their given day, I don't. I don't think they have the day, depth to, to finish the... where they did last season. Mm-hmm. No, not at all. Not at all. That's why I think uh, um, if we like to take advantage, uh, I think Lazio is one of the Champions League spots they could take. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, so Benevento <laughs> and so other uh, results. Actually, Benevento's win. Benevento's on a tear, man. Oh, fuck yeah. I'm, I'm actually Sorry. pretty excited for Inzaghi. I, 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 but Benevento and La Spezia, these are my fucking teams right now, dude. Fuck yeah, bro. Just, just throw the F word around. Galabino? <laughs> you know Galabino? Yeah, uh, no, they're, they're having a good start. Uh, I'm just happy for Inzaghi, to be honest. I thought uh, he was kind of treated unfairly by Milan. Uh, and not, and not Bologna, that he was treated yeah. unfairly. I think that was just the situation that a new manager doesn't really want to be in a team that is that was kind of on the a team under Chinese no. ownership. I get it. <laughs> no, a team that is that's been on the downturn, but a team that has the reputation of Milan that you know the expectations are high. What is on the downturn? Uh, I think Inzaghi and some other managers, including Gattuso, kind of got the short end of the stick. Uh, said, uh, oh yeah, for sure. Gattuso, Sedorf. 
uh, Mihalovic. Inzaghi uh, went on to have some success with uh, Venezia, and it's just good to see him with uh, Benevento and doing well. Um, speed of Venezia, uh, I don't know what they're doing right now. Yeah. Um, other results, Parma beat... Uh, hey, how about Sassuolo, man? Huh? How about Parma beating Verona 1-0? But yeah, Sassuolo. Sassuolo, I would say, is like, not to disrespect them, they're like a poor man's Atalanta, in a way. Attacking their... their... Dude, I, I totally see that. You're totally right about that. Yeah, I, I just think attacking, they're, they're really good. I, I hope their defense is better this year. But uh, they played Crotone, and they won 4-1. Caputo's killing it this year. I'm really happy for him. A player that was just playing in City B two seasons ago. And uh, he's one of the top goal scorers in City A. Or is he the top goal scorer right now? It's... No, no, he's I'm not, not the top sure goal about scorer. that, but uh, uh, a... Gomez is no. the top goal scorer. But, you know, he's one goal away. And, you know, I'm just happy for him. It's nice to see a, a classic bomber back again you know what i mean we haven't we haven't had these classic bombers in like a few years i yeah. think yeah uh it's i think you always root for the underdog you know uh he's having right, right, a right. uh luca tony-esque uh kind of career you know late in his career uh right. well the the world cup is coming even if like i don't want to say it but the uh, well, euro cup's coming up luca first Tony, so. paolo rossi you know you know the uh so I mean, I'm just Paolo saying. Rossi, I don't think that's the comparison, but yeah. Um, Speaking of Sassuolo, man, this national team, what do you think? I think we'll get into that later. Uh, Udinese lost we... uh, 1-0 to Roma. Nobody gives a shit about Roma this year. So uh, Pedro scored a pretty, pretty nice um, uh, goal from the top of the box, uh, off the post and in. Mm. Uh, that's really all I saw. Um and Roma, I think, would be what are they? They are one win, one draw. They would be, you know, uh, two points away from the top if it wasn't for the, you know, uh, clerical error that they made. Yeah, that's kind of fucked up. But um, since we're recapping this week, uh, who's in first place right now? All right, buddy, take it easy. Crotone, Bologna, and Spezia. That's who you play. Listen, listen. I might never, I might not ever get this chance again this season. So I'm gonna take full advantage. Milan's in first place, tied with Atalanta, and uh, it's great to Which see. I don't get why Milan is put in first place ahead of Atalanta. Atalanta has a better goal difference. Um, alphabetical order. I'll take it either way. All right. Um, so no, Atalanta's in the first big, place. The big news of the weekend was that uh, Juve and Napoli did not play. Oh, no way. I didn't hear about that. Did they not play? They, they did not. I mean, Juve showed up, but uh, their opponent did not show up to the field. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> so just to do a quick recap, um, uh, Genoa had a couple – Few players test positive before their game against Napoli. Uh, Napoli played them, and then earlier in the week, uh, Zelinski tested positive, and then I think a day or two afterwards, Elmas tested positive. Um, after that, no player tested positive, and uh, Napoli got the same order from the local health authorities as any other team that gets uh, a player that tests positive for COVID. 
They told them that they need to go into yeah, uh, uh, fiduciary isolation, kind of like a bubble, like the NBA. Mm -hmm. right. And they did not do that. And they claimed that they were restricted from traveling, which the order does not say. And uh, the league confirmed the game on Saturday, saying that there will be a game. After which Juve said that they would show up to the field. Uh, Juve showed up to the field and Napoli did not. But uh, before we get into protocols and everything, we have a special guest to, uh, you know, talk about some of the issues surrounding this. And I think uh, without further ado, we're going to get into this. And uh, we really hope you guys enjoy this premiere special guest segment. Here he is, the moment you've all been waiting for, to all our, our loyal listeners out there, making his podcast, our chief senior medical correspondent, Mr. Dr. Dro. Take it away. Guys, absolute pleasure to be here, honestly. Uh, I want to thank you both for having me. Uh, uh, I'm Dr. Sorry. Appreciate it. No, no, appreciate it. Um, I am Dr. Dro, board certified uh, physician in internal medicine, sports medicine. Um, though I am a physician, I'm by no means an expert on COVID-19, though by far a bigger expert than you guys. Uh, but uh, for the most up-to-date recommendations, you should refer to the CDC, the World Health Organization, or even talk to your, your own doctor. Um, although we may joke here, you know, I don't want to undermine what's obviously very serious. Um, it's a very serious disease, having killed over 1 million people worldwide, 36 million infections worldwide. And its impact, you know, it's widespread and affecting nearly every facet of our lives. And many families are dealing with, uh, you know, losses of loved ones. So I don't want to take away anything of that or undermine that. Um, all that being said, let's get right into it. I mean, there's there has been a lot of nasty rhetoric surrounding the virus. You know, we've heard Chinese virus, but we really need to refer to this virus for, for what it really is. And I think you guys will agree with me. It's clearly the Belgian flu. <laughs> you guys all right there it is and you know nice. it was probably brought over by you know some guy named jean and marie with the layover in newark and let's be honest that's it so you know let's just put that out there as always we always know that whenever there's somebody to blame it's usually towards brussels that's it was fair. a pleasure having you on. Thank you for your medical <laughs> expertise. No, no, no. no having said your uh, your piece, uh, we we really do appreciate you taking the time, obviously, to um, inform us, not just us, but our loyal listeners out there, and uh, and we uh, hope hopefully we get to have you on uh, in more episodes as uh, time goes by. Yeah, it would be my pleasure. So I think. Uh, the reason, the reason behind, you know, why we asked uh, you and you graciously accepted to come on is because there's a lot of confusion going on uh, in Serie A with the protocols and this and that. But we wanted to set that aside for a second and just go into the medical aspect of it and uh, see if even like the protocols are right or, you know, if they should be what they are or if they're sustainable for a season. Um, For once, Triple C is focusing on the facts. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, so just to give you a, uh, you know, a quick uh, overview of what's been going on. So Napoli and Genoa had a game, not this uh, I'm weekend. sorry, I didn't. If you, if you don't mind, quick disclaimer. On, um, uh, Mr. Dr. Joe is not affiliated with any team. He doesn't support any team in Italy. He is by no means biased. We have a, a pure, unadulterated, unbiased source of information here, source of uh, credible information. So I just want to set that, uh, set that straight. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Can I speak now? All right. Uh, so Napoli and Genoa had a game a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> um, not uh, obviously this past weekend, the weekend before that. Genoa, a few days before the game, they had, uh, Ale, you can correct me. I think there was, I thought there was like four people that tested positive, maybe one player and then the rest were staff or two players and then two staff. Something to that effect. I, I don't think, and we spoke about this a little bit off air, that members are that important uh, in terms of the consequences of it. But yes. Um, yeah. I, I, my understanding is, I, I think, uh, as far as my understanding of it, is that at least one player, Matteo Parin, the starting goalkeeper, uh, did test positive before the game. Might have been a second player and maybe a couple staff members, but... Um, uh, I think that's um, more importantly is what happened after the fact, after the game, that is. So, yeah, there there was at least one or two players that didn't play uh, that game. The rest of the team played against Napoli. They lost 6-0. And then uh, that week uh, following that game, uh, one player tested positive. Zielinski, I believe, it was the first player, first Napoli player that tested positive. Uh, on Monday, Monday or Tuesday, and then a day or so after that, uh, Elmas t- uh, tested positive, and um, they had a game against Juve, or they were supposed to have a game against Juve on Sunday, and uh, Napoli uh, got a letter from the local health authorities, which uh, all the teams in Serie A who have a player tested that tests positive get that same letter uh, that told them that they need to go into it's called fiduciary isolation basically they need to go into a bubble like kind of similar to what the nba has right now mm-hmm. um napoli did not do that they sent their players home against the order and then they claimed that the order uh restricted traveling which is another debate altogether but basically, we just kind of wanted to ask some of the medical questions surrounding COVID. Uh, for example, after exposure, how long does it take for a person to test positive? And uh, if a person tests negative, can they later then test positive? Uh, I don't know if you could just uh, kind of give us some clarity on that. And then if we have any questions, yeah, we'll absolutely. follow up with it. Yeah, good questions. So when you talk about any infectious disease, uh, especially with viruses, you think about incubation period. So that's essentially time from exposure to onset of symptoms. Um, that period for COVID-19 is generally, it, ha- it occurs within 14 days from exposure. Um, but in most cases, on average, based on the studies, it usually happens four to five days later. Um, and that's really when you're going to manifest symptoms. And that's more likely when you'll have a positive test. Now, that being said, the time, that's really looking at symptoms. But when you talk about 
you know, when you're gonna get a positive test from symptom onset, it really varies uh, on, for a few reasons. Um, you know, there's one, there's no optimal time uh, to test for COVID-19 following exposure. Just, it's just, we're just uncertain. Um, but five to seven days is usually when you would test positive. Um, and that's based on, again, that incubation period. Um, you know, there are, what was the second part of your question? Uh, Does that answer the first part? part of my uh, so, so what you're saying is like, if a person is exposed to, to another person that is, that has tested positive for COVID, um, that it can take up to seven days to test positive because these players are being tested on a daily basis. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it could take exactly anywhere from even two, three days, four or five days. I mean, does some studies look at the median being kind of that middle range of even 10 days. So it varies. It varies on, you know, how much of a, what we call viral load uh, on the health of the individual. I mean, we're talking about pretty healthy athletes, but in general, you know, just even simple stuff is just your general baseline health, age, um, you know, background, just health background, those things do play a role. So it varies from individual to individual, but on average by about seven days, you, you, most people will test positive. Well, what do you, I'm sorry, you said viral load. What do you mean by viral load? Well, that, that really looks at how much of the virus you have in your body, but also the level of exposure you had, you know, versus, mm -hmm. you know, if you're, if you're living in the same room as someone who has the virus, mm -hmm. that's obviously different than, you know, passing by them, you know, once, you know, wherever in this, on, on the field or, or, you know, mm -hmm. in the locker room and so on, you know, if you're, if you're in the mm -hmm. locker room for prolonged periods throughout the day, that's going to, that's going to probably lead to you to have more exposure and therefore mm -hmm. more likely to manifest the disease a little bit sooner. And have so a if you don't mind test. me asking you, yeah. sorry, if you don't mind me asking you, so um, two players, for example, a Genoa player and a Napoli player that, um, uh, find themselves on the pitch against each other, and mm -hmm. uh, um, I'm not saying they're getting face to face, but mm -hmm. one guy slide tackles another guy. Um, what what are the chances that uh, uh, the Napoli player would pick up this disease from the Genoa player? Like, is it is it like a, a certainty that they're going to get it, or like, um, or is it uh, not that certain at all? Like, how does that work? Yeah, it's, um, you know, the biggest thing is if you're shedding the virus. So it comes out through the respiratory. It's a respiratory disease, first and foremost. You know, it does have a very severe systemic. So overall, you know, to affect any organ. But it's really spread through respiratory droplets, through secretions, nasal secretions. So the likelihood is usually, it's pretty low. Again, I don't know the exact numbers on stuff. But unless someone is actively, you know, coughing, sneezing, um, the likelihood of you having uh, contracting the virus from just like a slide tackle or just even botting someone up is, to my understanding, relatively low. Okay. And just a follow-up question. Is it, uh, is it more likely that somebody who's symptomatic, is it more likely that you get it from a person that's asymptomatic? Is it more difficult, in other words, to get it from somebody who's asymptomatic? Um, so initial studies, uh, like back in March, were suggesting that it's pretty similar. So they were saying asymptomatic uh, individuals are almost as contagious as someone who's symptomatic. I think over the last few months, I haven't checked the literature over the last few weeks, but more recently, I think we're realizing that that's a little less likely that, you know, those symptomatic individuals who are really kind of shedding the virus, if you will, uh, are going to be more contagious. Now, that being said, you certainly, it's still, 
possible to get it from an asymptomatic person, but I, I believe it's it's a lower lower risk. Yeah, along the same lines, I think Mike, that's uh, one of my questions too. Like, if a person has been exposed to it, but they're testing negative, are they uh, are they able to spread it to anybody? Or sorry, are they infection? Or what's the word for it? Uh, uh, like contagious, I guess. That's contagious. That's the word. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, so you're you're going to be less likely to spread it if your test is negative. Now that being said, there's I think a few things that um, we need to address, and and the fact is that these tests aren't very reliable. Like I don't know. I mean, a lot of them are, but there's no standard protocol, whether that's in, even in the US leagues, NFL, NBA, like they're not all using the same tests. And I don't know what test Italy is using. All these tests have different sensitivities and specificities, which are measures of how good a test is uh, in this case. Okay. And, you know, there are rates of false, ne false negatives of up to 40% in some studies of these wow. tests. So for example, you test 10 people for, and in fact, they all have it, four of them will show up as negative. So to your point, like, yeah, you can have a negative test, but that doesn't mean you don't have the virus. That doesn't mean you're out the woods. You could still be spreading it. You could be still shedding it. And perhaps you haven't reached that sort of that incubation period we talked about. You have like a low level of disease, but you haven't really manifested the disease. You haven't reached that seven day window. So I don't think a negative test necessarily means you can't pass it on. You certainly could. Um, Again, because there's false negatives. There's quite, you know, and we, we're realizing how many of those there are, but we need much bigger, uh, you know, epidemiological population studies to see what the rate of, you know, these, these, uh, the false negative is. So, what are uh, these? Sorry. Sorry. Okay, can I go first? Go ahead. Yeah, uh, go for it, go for it. Would the false negatives be less of an issue when it comes to professional teams that are being tested on a daily basis? Because I, I would assume, like, if, there's a certain risk of it, you know, one day, the next day, it'll be yeah, less of no. an issue and then continuously being tested, it would be less of an issue. Yeah, it is. I mean, this is, you know, these professional sports are such a special circumstance because, you know, they're getting tested every day. So you would think it would pick it up. Um, and yeah, it should. I mean, if you're, if you're going to be positive, you know, it'll show up, I think after the, you know, second test, if the first one's negative, the, the, the sensitivity and specificity, excuse me, specificity does go up, um, you know, or the, the, rather the reliability of the test, I should say, goes up the more you, the more you'll test. I see. And uh, uh, just as far as uh, these false negatives, I'm just curious uh, as far as uh, if there's a possibility for false negatives, is there a possibility for false positives? Yeah. Um, because I've heard that there's false positives and, uh, and upon that testing, is testing all the same? Is it always a swab up the nose or are there different types? Because I keep hearing about different types of tests, but I've yeah. only seen that, that swab up the nose. So I'm wondering like, what, what are, what are the different types of tests that do you know that there are? Yeah. So you certainly can have false positives as well. Um, I think actually, uh, the more recent story I saw was the, uh, the San Diego or now the LA chargers, um, actually had a, a little scare. They had a couple positives, they shut everything down. And then, you know, the lab calls back, hey, this is a false positive. So that's just one scenario where it happens in sports. So to your to your question, yes, it is possible. Now there's, there's quite, there's a couple of tests. Um, the most popular and most reliable one, it seems, is the nucleic acid amplification test. So 
what you're doing is you're looking in the secretions of the individual. So like the nasal swab, you're looking for the uh, genetic components of the virus. So the RNA, um, the ribonucleic acids, you're looking at that. Those tests are pretty reliable, but again, there are, there are a few of those, the, that specific nucleic acid test. And you, now you're having, uh, you know, different companies make them and, you know, there's even like mm-hmm. I've heard of fake ones on the market. I haven't looked at this myself, but just to to show you that there is a wide variety of that specific test. Now, aside from the nucleic acid, um, you can look for like a direct antigen, which is like a essentially like a protein or a particle from the virus. So you're looking for that particle directly, as opposed to looking for the DNA or the RNA, the genetic makeup. And um, lastly, the one that I'm aware of is something we call serology tests. So that looks for antibodies in the individual you have two main ones um one is called igm igg uh, igg is the other uh, that we look at and those that's another test um slightly less reliable but still a very good test don't get me wrong um but that's uh, more looking at the blood components of the individual so you can do a nasal swab you can actually uh, do an oral swab not as common um, you can check the person's blood um, which is the serology, but I think the mm-hmm. quickest and what we're understanding is the most reliable seems to be the uh, really the na- like the nasal swab test, which is a nucleic acid amplification. The the serology the serology test, uh, from what I understand, I'm no expert. That's why we have you here, and thanks to you again. But uh, that's to test the antibodies, right? To see if you've had it that you can't get it again, right? So. Uh, Yes, and the fact that it's an antibody test. So the IgM and the IgG I mentioned, those are antibodies. So those are the antibodies your body produces. IgM is like the first, the first protein, one of the first uh, antibodies. It is the first that your body makes to attack the virus. So that shows up uh, quicker than the others. Then you have IgG. Now, um, the second part of you know what you mentioned is that you know it does. We don't know that it really can you know translates to immunity. We do know that okay. we do know that the infection rate within the reinfection rate, which in within three months, I think is essentially negligible. I don't know that there's many reports, if any, honestly. Um, last I checked, there were I didn't see any reinfections. Um, but to be honest, I didn't do a very full, you know, research uh, research job on this. But you know, there aren't many reinfections, um, so we don't know how much, if any, immunity you're really getting, how long it lasts, and we're also seeing that these antibodies taper off, you know, at different times for different people. You know, some people we have it lasts for for months, uh, some people for weeks, and for that reason, you know, relying on these uh, tests isn't great to look at, you know, reinfection rate or if you're still contagious and that sort of thing. Um, you know, we really want to use these for acute diagnosis and really that's really it. Um, yeah. So, so the basic protocol of CDR right now is that if you have players that test uh, positive for COVID, um, you quarantine them, you go into this fiduciary isolation, kind of this bubble. And if you have 13 players, including a keeper, you get to, uh, you have to play the game. In terms of, I don't know, in medically speaking, do you think this is like a sustainable kind of policy to, you know, take you through the season or because up until Sunday, which was the day of the game that they were supposed to play, you've had, um, 
the only two two of the players that tested positive, those were the only ones that tested positive. And then since uh, the other players have tested negative as well. Um, what are your opinions on that? That in terms of can they sustain this or is this a decent policy? Yeah, it's, you know, it's similar and it's in line with most of the other major sports. Um, you know, we're seeing little hiccups here and there and clearly you're seeing one with Serie A. You know, I'm, you know, a soccer, a huge soccer fan, but, you know, I follow the NFL and perhaps NBA a little bit more and we're seeing how, you know, these players are getting it and whole teams, you know, it, it, not whole teams are getting, but it's spreading and it's affecting the whole team. So I think having a good policy where you're testing every day which is what they're doing. It sounds like is is number you know is where you begin. Um, you really have to have a great protocol in place to really quarantine these people. And it sounds like Napoli didn't really do a good job of that. I mean, the, the players sounds like they flew home and they didn't go in the bubble. So you know you have a lot of issues. Nobody rising. flew home. They went to, they went to their own private domiciles. Got it. Um, so. I think it's it's sustainable, but you are going to have hiccups uh, and you're going to have, you know, issues throughout the season. You just have to kind of have some a protocol set in place and really stick to it um, mm -hmm. without knowing, you know, you mentioned, you know, quite a bit of the protocol, but without knowing all the details, I can't say, you know, speak on it a whole lot more. Um, but really, yeah, test every day. You know, you find a positive, you quarantine, you do have to do contact tracing and, and, and really kind of isolate and monitor for those because again symptoms can arise like we said kind of a week later so mm -hmm. you know i think in an ideal world you would have you know you would shut it down for a week 10 days but it sounds you know in the sports world it's not really possible you have a game you know how many games a week they're playing i'm not exactly sure these days but you know it's hard to it's hard to shut down a team for 10 days uh and then reschedule and, and do all that but yeah i think i think yeah go, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. No, I think no, they're doing the best they can. They're doing the best they can, you know? I think the worry is that it'll kind of get to this, uh, a bottleneck kind of situation where you have mm. teams that, like, aren't eligible to play and they're going to have to shut down the league at some point. I think that's the worry. But would you say that if Napoli had gone into the bubble and they continued to test negative until, you know, Sunday, that – there, you know, it was relatively safe to play the game on Sunday. I do. Yeah. How long well, would uh, how long would have uh, how, passed? You know, it would have it would have been six days, I think, from Napoli Genoa to Napoli Juve. I believe it would have been a week. I think I think they played on Sunday. They played on either a way, six or seven Sunday. Days. Yeah. And the Napoli Juve game would have been on a on a Sunday. Yeah. So yeah. seven days. But the, I think, uh, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm no expert, but. Uh, I believe these are extenuating circumstances where uh, Genoa tested uh, before the game. There were 22 positive tests. I understand if you're going to play against a team that have one or two positive players. And let me, let me, let me, let me. Wait, wait, wait. Say, Genoa, let me, Genoa. Let me, to the, to the, hold on, hold on. Just to be clear. Yeah. Gen Genoa's yeah. players. Okay, dude. Before they played Napoli, it was like four to six. Four. <laughs> it was four to six. Four, four <laughs> players or so. That tested positive. What you're saying is by right. the time that Juve and Napoli were supposed to play, Genoa had between players and staff 22 people that had tested positive. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm what and I'm I, saying. By the way, like, I don't, uh, I, yeah. by the way, that's not true. I think it's uh, from the article that I read, it was 14 cases before the game, and then now it's 22 cases. Oh, so is I, it? 
Okay. Yeah. Okay. So let's let's take the minimum amount uh, of of uh, let's say it was four, even if it was fourteen. All right. Now there's a, a bit of a difference if there's one or two or three people in the squad that have tested positive. You got to go play. We'll isolate them. We'll play the game. I, I believe you should be forming that in a question to our senior medical expert. Yes, yes, and that's what, I'm, that's what I'm. No, 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 no. That's what I'm doing right now. So, um, uh, what I'm asking you is that: uh, Do you think that Napoli uh, had ju- that had just played um, a uh, team that? At a minimum, fourteen positive cases um, uh, should have gone ahead with the game as uh, Syria dictated. Um, Travel to Torino. Uh, first of all, from Napoli to, to, to Torino, if our if our fans don't know, it's a, it's about a one hour flight. It's about uh, I'm going to say about seven hundred miles or so. Mm. Uh, it's you gotta you gotta get in the airport. You gotta fly. There's a lot of contact. Pretty there sure they'd be flying private, but yes. Yeah, on. but yeah, yeah. But even if they fly private, they still gotta go through an airport. Right. So what? Uh, no, no. My question is, is that is that uh, uh 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 if you're playing a team that only has one or two, three positive cases, I get it. That's fine. Uh, you go into protocol. The the team flies or travels or whatever it is. They still play the team. But when you just play the team that has fourteen at a, at a minimum, dude, can you just ask your question? Cases, Jesus Christ, man! Do you think mm-hmm. Do you think the game Do you think the game should have gone on? Uh, no, in my opinion, it should not have. I mean, when you're talking about, you know, fourteen people, it suggests that it's just more widespread, right? So it's it's, you know, and you probably have other asymptomatic players, um, who may have not tested positive yet who will and so mm-hmm. it just suggests that this this virus for this team has spread you know relatively rapidly um and you know it's contagious and so you know i probably would have uh postponed the game and just right. to go back to Idin's point you know should they have played seven days the seven days later again in the ideal world no um you know you want to you want to hit that 10 to 14 day mark um mm-hmm. and make sure no symptoms arise and because you know, after about 11 days, um, from what I remember, about 90, you know, it's in the upper 90% of people will show this, the symptoms. So if you can kind of get past that, um, you know, you're, you're, for the most part, it looks like in the clear. Uh, so I would want to see them not play for that period of time rather than like a six-day, seven-day. So reschedule the game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then, you know, make sure... You sound like a Napoli fan right now. That's what Juve fans would say. No, I would so, yeah. say that the the league should step in. I don't think that it's Juve's. Juve right. was just following whatever the league was saying and what the protocols are. If we're right, talking about right. it medically and we're talking about protocols yeah. like that, we should. It's 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 the league's obligation to deal with that. Yeah. Oh, I, I agree with you completely. If we can just just not disregard, but if we can just on a footballing basis. Uh, no offense, Mr. Dr. Drow, just one second. Mm-hmm. Um, I think on a footballing basis, mistakes were made on Napoli's part. They were made on Serie A's part. They were made on Juventus's part. What exactly and I did think... Juve do wrong? Well, they were like... Not to get into the protocols the too much, but... They weren't... They weren't. Let's just say on a... They were on an empathetic and sympathetic level. They were not that... Um, they weren't that sympathetic. Towards the situation, 
they were sympathetic towards the situation. Napoli only tested. There's two. Juve officials. Can you Juve can you not interrupt me? Can you can you not interrupt me, please? Look, at the time of the game, there was only two players that tested positive. The protocols were what they were. The league confirmed the game on like Friday or Saturday before they were supposed to play. I think it was Saturday because there was confusion of whether Napoli was going to show up or not. The league confirmed it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Juve was just following the rules of what they were supposed to do. I don't think you can blame Juve for anything. Yeah. I think you should understand the situation uh, that there were 14 positive cases and not push. We're going to show up on the field. If they don't show up, we're going to do a 3-0 loss. And there were Juve, there were Juve representatives that said that, oh, Napoli would have done the same thing to us. I think that was a little bit... Napoli did do the same thing the week before to Genoa. I think Genoa only had... Before the game, you said it was only two two cases positive, right? Napoli only had two cases positive. (laughs) uh... Right, but there's a difference... I I think there's a difference between two and 14 cases positive. But, like I said, I'm not the expert. Okay, you're attributing all of the Genoa cases to Napoli, which I get it. There is a link to it. But I don't right. think you can blame Juve for anything. At any, in any way, this is this is the league's obligation to maintain mm-hmm. their protocols, to take, mm-hmm. to approach this in you know, uh, take medical advice and way. I don't think you can blame Juve for following the rules. But uh, you know, I don't want to carry this discussion or this. No, you know, no, no, I think to long. both you know to both people like this is evolving and this is you know rapidly evolving and it's just going to change. Uh, policies may have to adjust, you know, everyone's kind of learning together. Um, so mistakes will be made. People are going to end up being positive. It's going to, you know, it's going to spread uh, from one team to another and you just got to do the best you can. But, you know, yeah, I don't think this situation was handled, you know, as well as it could have. Um, but this isn't the only, this is Napoli and I think uh, Juve and Genoa aren't going to be the only ones who are dealing with this certainly. Yeah, I feel like the the league stance was that, you know, we're just going to keep this going as mm-hmm. long as, yeah. you know, teams are able to play until we get to a situation where they're not able to play, which is what their stance is so far. I don't know if they're going to change it. Um, yeah. We'll see. That there's They're going to have a ruling on the game, whether they were going to give Napoli the forfeit or just postpone it and then dock them a point for protocol right. violations. But um it seems like that's what the league stance is, that we're just going to keep playing until we can't play. Right. Right. And uh, uh, just one further question to our uh, chief senior medical respondent, because uh, he is on the hourly wage, so and we don't have that much money. But, no, uh, you really don't. We're going we're gonna, to we're, we're gonna ask you this I'll last question. I'll give you the question. family discount, uh, though. You know that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, shout out to the fam. But uh, do you think this model, this uh, way, this protocol – is uh, we're seeing three weeks into the into the season that there's already problems arising. Do you think this is sustainable for a uh, a 38 week season? Again, you know, yeah, I I don't know the exact policy. We've, we've talked a lot about it, so you know, my understanding is just basically from what you guys told me. But testing every day is a start, and you you really have to jump on the positive cases, quarantine them, you know, and it just really contact trace um and they haven't sounds like they haven't done the best job so i think if they can time things up clean it up a little bit 
I think you can get through a season. We're seeing that, you know, we saw, well, the NBA is a different, different breed, you know, they just did it differently, but we, we saw it in baseball. I mean, a whole team, uh, I believe the Florida Marlins, like not the whole team, but a lot of members of that team um, mm-hmm. had it. I forget if it was that team, but, um, and, you know, they had to shut it down for a bit and then they got back into it. Um, you know, if you have that system where you really, you're very strict about no travel and, you know, no more, you know, there's no practice, nothing till you, till you're sim- asymptomatic, um, you know, and your it's days have passed. I think then you maybe you, you could get through a season. Mm. You could maybe get through a season. That's all I wanted to hear. No, <laughs> <laughs> I think they will, uh, whether it's, you know, it won't be the prettiest season, but, um, uh-huh. you know, they'll probably get through it. I mean, they went through half of last season basically doing the same thing, and it. Mm, that's a good point. And it kind of went on seamlessly. It, there wasn't, it wasn't that much of an issue. But I think we're seeing a rise in cases right now, um, yeah. which is becoming an issue. Mm-hmm. So, um, what I want to know is uh, getting on the lighter part of uh, lighter part of things. Uh, obviously, uh, our chief medical correspondent is unbiased and everything. But if he if he had to pick an Italian team. Who would he pick? Wait, not I, to put you on the spot. I think you know this, don't you, dude? I, you know, Juve, uh, man. And it's Juve all the way. Us being cousins you, has nothing to do wow. with this. Nothing, you know, me, grow, well, me yeah. growing up and watching these games with him, and uh, no, it has nothing to do with well, it. Well, here's to our junior medical correspondent. <laughs> and uh, no, you know, as a loyal. There... Go yeah. ahead, sir. No, no, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, you know, as a loyal, you know, Barca, PSG. Julie. Juve, Juve, Julie. You know, I got, I got a lot of teams. I think you just negated the loyal part. <laughs> you sound like Snoop Dogg, though. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, but, uh, you know, uh, I, I, I did enjoy watching Milan in their glory days, which are long, long over and probably will never be, uh, you know, reproduced. So One long was enough. You know, yeah. I think yeah. some of our listeners are too young to remember those days. Yeah, you know. Um, you know, uh, by the way, we should get we should we should get on TikTok soon. Speaking of our young listeners, yeah, I'm good. Uh, yeah. Do you have any questions for us? Um, honestly, no, no, I don't. You know, no, nothing really. I, I listen. You know, I all my questions are answered when I listen when I tune in. Um, you know, I get all my up to date Iran national team information. I get I get the Serie stuff, half of which I, I really don't even understand. Um, but you know, I just, I just enjoy listening to you guys and you guys, you know, do it for the fans and, you know, I'm grateful and I really do appreciate you guys having me. Well, it was to be a... fair. We don't understand half the shit we say either. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a pleasure to have you on and uh, I hope to have you on again, hopefully in, you know, we, we, hopefully not because there's a spike in cases or anything, but you know, more sport, uh, related injuries, questions and uh you know to that effect instead of covid related stuff and uh, i appreciate your time and uh you know thank you for coming on no problem, hopefully guys. next time we talk to you as a friend and not as a doctor <laughs> either either way all right but i do appreciate it really all right thank you we love you and uh this we love you. oh like and also said, yeah we want to do a uh, birthday shout out oh oh yeah it is cousin ham's birthday or it was yesterday, but, uh, you know, happy birthday. Ham. Happy birthday, broski. We love you. Happy birthday, broski. Uh, 
uh, we appreciate you uh, being there for us, listening, and uh, and uh, let's be honest, uh, one of our first sponsors. He was he's been there since the beginning. So we wish him all the best and a hundred more years of success and happiness. Well said. All right, thank you. Well, uh, Dr. Dro, we'd like to thank you for this premiere. Um, his podcasting debut uh, as our chief senior medical correspondent uh, on Coffee, Cigarettes, and Calcio. And once again, we'd like to thank you. And I'm sure the fans, as much as we do, we appreciate you being here and, uh, and taking the time to talk to us. Joe, you can take it from there. Well, technical difficulties uh, uh, to our fellow listeners. Uh, I'm going to end we'll, it. Uh, we'll, we'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Bye-bye now. rest of the uh, analysis of next week's games, we just want to thank yeah, Dr. Dro again uh, on uh, joining our podcast. It was our very informative. Sheet. I think it was also very necessary because uh, in the controversy of all of this, I think the medical side of it gets a little lost. So I thought that was uh, a good uh, kind of uh, segment to have and uh, you know, very informative. I could have said it myself. So we want to thank uh, our chief senior medical correspondent, Dr. Joe, again. And uh, God forbid, we don't want any more pandemics going on. But uh, if we have to run in this issue again, just know that uh, we do have uh, somebody to explain it to us. He has Being, his cover. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm not the I'm not the smartest of persons, and this isn't the smartest of podcasts. No one is accusing but... you of that. So uh, next game. Uh, <laughs> uh, so Italy, Italy played. Uh, okay, so yeah, Italy played Moldova today. Uh, they did. Yeah. They won six zero. Which, by the way, sorry. Before we get into that, uh, I think we'll revisit the protocols of the Juve Napoli stuff next week when they come up with a judgment on what's going to happen with the game. It seems likely that they're just going to postpone the game and dock Napoli a point for um, not following protocol. Right. Um, it'll be interesting to see how this develops and uh, see if the league adapts or changes rules or what they do. But uh, I think we'll leave that for next week. Yeah, we'll just see how... It's, it's interesting to see how this case for this game develops and for the whole season. Uh, just you gotta guys, you guys, you guys gotta stay st stay tuned, you know, and uh, see what happens. Anyways, Chicho Caputo, what a fucking guy! If I'm not mistaken, he's the oldest guy to debut on his uh, uh for the national team score. Is that's what I, that's what I'm hearing. How old is he? I'm no, I'm looking this up right. I, we usually don't fact check, but uh. I kind of want to check this. Hey, because... no, Caputo deserves it. Caputo deserves it. 
Caputo, oh, he's 30 of three. When, when, yeah. No, because I'm thinking of one player in particular, and I'm see, I want to see if you can guess who it is. Hold on. Was it the Northern Ireland? No, is this Pelissé against Northern, against Northern Ireland? Good guess, yes. I wanted to check because he only played one yeah, game. He scored a goal. Yeah, I want to see I want to see how old he was when he played. Um, he yeah, but at least Caputo's so competitive with all due respect to Pelissé. But uh, Caputo's so competitive. Yeah, well, Pelissé is 41 years old, man. Right now, or like when he made his debut, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I want to figure out. Okay, right now. I know. Right now he's uh, forty-one, so yeah, that would make. Uh, uh, so I guess you probably heard right because, to May of two thousand nine, he would have been thirty. No, so. yeah, thirty exactly thirty. So yeah, Caputo's probably. Like, like we were saying with uh, before uh, the beautiful segment with uh, Mr. Dr. Crow, um, Caputo is just a classic bomber, man. Like, uh, I don't know. I, 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 you find me a, a person that doesn't like Caputo, I'll show you a person that doesn't know soccer. Exactly. And uh, we were speaking about, you know, him being in City of B two years ago and being a top goal scorer right. now. But, you know... Being in City B two years ago and then making your debut for the national team when you're 33 and scoring a goal on your debut, albeit against Moldova, but still, you just can't be anything but happy for this guy. Um, did we see the score? Yeah, Italy. Italy beat. Sorry if I didn't mention it, but Italy beat Moldova six zero. Um, they started with the Sassuolo trident, if I'm not mistaken. They did not. No. Uh, oh no. It was a Berardi. Oh no, the Berardi not. Started. I mean, I guess it, I guess you can say it was a trident in the sense that Caputo, Berardi, and Locatelli played, but uh, it was. Sorry, that's what I meant. Yeah. Um, Caputo. Okay, so the starting lineup was Sirigu, Lazzari, uh, Mancini, Atti, Biragi, uh, Locatelli, Cristante, Bonaventura wearing the number ten tonight. He deserves it too. He <laughs> fucking deserves it. <laughs> no, no offense to the guy, man. I mean, he, if, gave, his, he, he gave his all to Milan, and we didn't. Re- I would have loved if we could have renewed his contract, but. Uh, well, no offense to Carlo, but if Insigne can fucking wear the number ten and not do shit, uh, you know, Bonaventura might, might as well wear it. Um, Berardi, Bonaventura, Bonaventura never had a problem doing shit. He was just always injured. Insigne just might have been lazy. I don't know. Insigne, uh. Let's not it's get complicated. <laughs> He's a very one-dimensional player, in my opinion. Uh, Since you said Giancarlo, just shout out to Giancarlo real quick, or or one of our most loyal listeners. Yeah, right before we bash your players, let's uh, give you a shout out. <laughs> um, El Shadawi captaining the team today. Um, I'm very disappointed that he didn't come back to Roma, man. Like, I think uh, I think they fucked he would have done the, well in Serie I think they fucked up the registration again, man. Yeah, somebody's fax machine doesn't work in fucking Roma. Uh, it's, dude, they need an upgrade. You know what? You know why? Because they buy these fucking fax machines in Belgium. That's what it is, man. Speaking of Belgium, let's go to the next game. Uh <laughs> No, I mean, I think it was... By the way, yeah, by the way, no, 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 no. I, I, I got to say this real quick. Before we get into any more football talk, I gotta. I'm not gonna apologize, but I maybe I misspoke. Uh, I said some things towards the Belgian 
I don't want to say people, but towards the Belgian citizens. Um, I'm, I'm, I saw, I'll say, I'm sorry, I stooped down to their level. They're just above their level. Um, I should have never done it. Uh, I should have uh, remained a class act like I, like I usually am. Yeah, unlike Belgians. But, uh, yeah. Um, but like I said, uh, whenever I think of Belgians, uh, something comes over me. But like I said, uh, I apologize if I offended anybody. That but isn't Belgian. I don't take back what I yeah I don't take I don't take back what I said, and uh, having said that, I do not like dark chocolate. I do not like children. But Belgian. How do you feel do. about waffles? Well, you can suck my. Uh, anyways, uh, you're more of a crepe person. <laughs> Listen, and I hate the French, but give me a crepe any day over a fucking waffle, dude. <laughs> Oh, okay. All right. Um, so, yeah, it was... Uh, Speaking of Belgium. Jesus Christ. I know, man. We don't have time for this. Um, <laughs> test for some of the players. It was good to see uh, Lazzari out there. Um, Lazzari. Lazzari. Uh, Tata Rujano. Uh, uh grifo with the assist and the last goal uh for berardi of the hoffenheim legend uh he's not hoffenheim is he is he not hoffenheim i don't even know no he's uh he's one of the german squads something like that i mean if if el shadow is gonna make full disclosure i didn't see the game yeah well, he did play for Hoffenheim, actually. So, he, yeah, he's a Hoffenheim uh, legend. He's, he plays for Freiburg right now, though. Um, ah, the lone Ah, one. okay, okay. Uh, do not. <laughs> That's between you and me, asshole. All right. Um, anyways, it was a good test for the players. It was good to see Caputo out there. Um, yeah, that, that being said, it was against Moldova. And... Uh, Let's see how Poland goes. Yeah, they they play uh, Poland and uh, the Netherlands next week. Uh, I think the who they play first, Holland. I think on Sunday. They play Poland first and then Holland. No, I think you got it backwards, man. No, my friend, uh, it's Poland first and then Holland. First of all, trust me, my friend. Uh, I'll tell you right now. Sunday, Italy, Poland. Wednesday, Netherlands, yeah. Italy. Netherlands. Yeah, that's what I said. It's not what you said. Oh, did I did I say the other way around? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, you did. Um, um, it'll be interesting to see uh, how they do. Um, honestly, honestly, you, I have to ask I, you a question. Let me ask you something. First. No, let me no, ask no, you no, a question, okay. asshole. Oh. Listen. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> As soon as the asshole comes out, <laughs> no, no um, please, you, you go ahead. After calling me an asshole, yeah. go ahead. No. Uh, so we're in the Euros. Uh, I think World Cup qualifying is going to go well. Um, how seriously do you think Mancini and these guys are taking uh, the the internet the UEFA um, Nations League? UEFA Nations League. Uh, you think they're taking it that seriously? I think that after Italy didn't qualify for the World Cup with Ventura. Um, I, with who? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think. Fucking bitch ass motherfucker. 
Jesus Christ. Um, I'm not bleeping that one out. I'm not bleeping that one out. You gotta. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think that Mancini. I I don't know if it's intentional. I'm hoping it's intentional that he's instilled a bit of pride in these players. That every time that they step on the field, they're representing you know the nation, and Mm -hmm. um, I hope they're taking it seriously because it it would be nice to see them win the nation's league or at least be competitive. Uh, you know, going to the next round and stuff. I don't see why, uh, you know, P- Portugal isn't that much what? of a better team. Like, taking aside Ronaldo. No, they're not. Uh, they're in, not. In terms of individual talent, they've, you know, they got Bruno Fernandes, they got Jao exactly, Felix. Yeah. Uh, I don't really, they haven't really. Kicked. We're done. Yeah. We're done. Um, but uh, Italy's... Oh, you forgot Diogo Jota. He just joined me. Uh, Renato Sanchez hit the Great. post. Is actually uh, They were playing Spain today. But uh, Renato Sanchez hasn't been relevant since 2016. <laughs> How much did Bayern pay for him, dude? <laughs> Jesus, there was so much hype around him. 45 bleeping euros, yeah, man. Million. Uh, anyways. Uh, no, 45 euros. <laughs> I, I'm actually interested to see how they do against Poland because uh, they didn't do that well against them in the last yeah. Nations League. And, uh, yeah, I'd like to see. We did, like, a 0-0-1-1 draw. We barely survived relegation, so. I don't know if we barely survived relegation. We were, we were still fighting for the first place, I think, in that last game against Portugal that we lost 1-0. Mm, okay. um, but we did barely uh, draw 1-1, and it wasn't pretty. Yeah. Uh, against Poland, that is. Um, um, so I'd be interested to see what the, you know, that's that's a good measuring stick to for the national team to see how they've improved uh, since then. Uh, against Netherlands, uh, we're playing them at home this time, so I'm hoping for an even better performance yeah. than the first game. That being said, they, do, they have an injury oh, sure. this time. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how, uh, yeah, their manager is Frank DeBoer, so they don't fucking manage. And he's not been there that long either, but you know, still they have a manager. Um, you remember when Frank DeBoer managed Inter? Well, neither <laughs> do I. Um, anyway, I don't think he remembers it either. <laughs> Sorry. Um, if any, if any of our, our listeners are Inter fans, yeah, you might want to change podcast. <laughs> no, no, we welcome, uh, all fans of Inter, um, except except, except the, the Belgians. That but goes without saying. Um, no, but I, I think I think you're very I think you're correct in saying that. Um, stick. Uh, uh, yeah, Portugal did win the last Nations League, but uh, on an individual level, we're not. We're, I think we're way better than them. Um, the last game that we uh, let's let's take the Moldova game aside. Um, and the, uh, I think the, what is it? We played Bulgaria. Was it 1-1? I believe. When did if we I'm play Bulgaria? Or was it Bosnia? We played Bosnia no, Bosnia before we played Bosnia. Netherlands. It was 1-1. Yeah. It was a pretty Bosnia. shitty um, game. And the game against was Netherlands a, was, was much drab. improvement. Yeah. We, we played very well against the Netherlands. So if we can, if we can maintain that kind of, uh, that style of play that we did against the Netherlands, I think, uh, we're in pretty good shape, at least for now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so too. Um, that being well, said, uh, let's move on to our other national team. 
Ah, Belgium. <laughs> so listen, I hate these. No, no uh, Iran plays uh, Uzbekistan in a friendly tomorrow. Uh, I don't know actually when this podcast Speaking is going to release. So. The game might have been played by the time this podcast is released. Or just... Iran's going to win one zero. <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to bring up the squad list because um, I know some. Uh, I know Dejaga is not in it. Uh, I know as. Can I ask you something? Do you know what's going on with Dejaga? Because he that... posted on Instagram that he was happy about. I think not being I think like, he was upset about not that? being called up, and that was his response to it. That that was my reading of it. I well, I haven't you... read any articles that kind of uh, analyze the situation, or the it's kind of. I don't think anybody's fucking willing to analyze the situation. Yeah, I mean. Uh, I think that uh, how old is this guy right now, man? He's about 34, 35 ish. He's got a great sushi restaurant in Berlin. If everybody wants to go, it's called 21. Yeah. Dejaga is 34 years old. Um, Let me ask you something, which, and I'm sorry if I haven't looked it up uh, as, uh, as, uh, as well as you did. Was Shuja he was called, up? called up? Okay, then maybe Dejaga doesn't have a bone to pick. He does not have a bone to pick. Well, I would say I would call up Dejaga before I call up Shojai. Oh, yeah, dude, he, he 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 screwed us in the last game against Iraq. I don't know if you remember. Uh, I actually don't remember. It was a while ago. We got a goddamn red card. I, I vaguely remember that. It was before the coronavirus. Oh. Yeah, then I definitely don't remember that. Yeah. Uh, so, so uh, this is the team melee list. Uh, goalkeepers, Mazahiri, Niazmand, Abed Zadeh. Bayron Van is an obvious exclusion because he's injured. Uh, more... uh, Abed Zadeh, you want to go over his uh, his last weekend? Sure. He quick? played Porto. Tarim... Shit me, bro. <laughs> He played uh, Tottenham's team, uh, Porto, uh, Portuguese champions. Tottenham. <laughs> well, yeah, well, ta- well, that penalty was uh, caused from uh, Tottenham's cross. Tottenham came off the bench. Uh, he crossed the ball into the box. The player got fouled, and uh, there was a penalty for Porto. And uh, Alex Teles stepped up to take it, and Aved Zadeh was like, hey, you're a good player, man. Chip me, bro. Chip me. And he was kind of getting into Telez's head. And uh, he ended up saving the penalty. So, And uh, Maritma went on to win the game. Uh, Ali Alipur was not on the bench. Uh, probably still mm-hmm. adjusting to uh, his move there. So hopefully he'll start playing after this uh, international break. Which... Can we see Abidza did the bro came from his time spent at Orange County Blues? I don't know if I remember because that, uh, that's our former team. Oh. Do you? yeah, we did play. We actually won the Jamedusti, otherwise known as the Friendship yes, Cup of Iran. Uh, this was before they played. Uh, you know, you I think they're a USL team now. Um. Yes, this is before Iran was even relevant in Russia. That's bullshit. But yeah. No, we we we, we became relevant when Karosh became coach, and let's not get into that right we now. We did but, not uh, become okay. Yeah. With all due respect uh, to Karosh, we were pretty relevant uh, during that drama Dusty. All right, that was that was around oh uh, five oh six. You know, 
qualifying campaign. So we're pretty fucking relevant. That being said, we're veering off this team list. Uh, so Mazal Herinia's man's. You remember, you, do you remember Jesus when we lost Christ, by Rain 3? No, I'm kidding. Uh, Mazal Herinia's yeah. man, Abed Zadeh. Uh, and for keepers, uh, defenders, Moharami, mm-hmm. Milad Mohammadi, uh, Majid mm-hmm. Husseini, Arif Golami, I don't know who that is, Khalilizadeh, Khan- Khanani, yeah. uh, Nemati Najarian. Uh, the obvious exclusion is Purali Ganji. Uh, from what I read, they didn't call him up because he plays in China. I, I don't know if, yeah. I guess it, uh, as China been. Have they been playing games? He played like I don't think he's even. Been no, he's been playing games. Chinese he scored game. a goal a couple um, weeks ago. Shanghai Shenhua, something like that. Is that what he's Fred playing? Genji. We should really, you know, we're not that type. No, of we podcast. we shouldn't. Our family. Uh, he not, plays for um, Shenzhen FC. Eh, close. Anyways, enough. uh. I don't know if he's there's like a travel ban or what's going on. Uh, anyways, uh, midfielders: Odus Nurlahi, Ali Karimi, Haj Safi, Ami. I don't. I, that's that bothers me. Amiri, uh, Torabi. I mean, he just just he just got into. I know, the, but let's, let's move on. Dude. Come let's on, man. On. I know. Polizade uh, Nurafgan. Did you not see the the Meg against PK? He deserves that it. That Meg's gonna fucking take him <laughs> to, to, to twenty uh, twenty six World Cup. Bro. Be fucking forty years old still being getting called up. Um, forwards uh, off. He covers out there who is really on form and go ahead. Wait. Did you say COVID? Did you I say did COVID say COVID is a year? No, I said that he's our informed striker at the moment. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, he is uh, doing great things at Charleroi. So is Golizadeh. Um, uh, is doing well. Um, unfortunately, unfortunately, they're playing in, uh, as you guys know, in uh, Belgium. But that's uh, all I Jahan Bash is injured. Kafuri, uh, Rezaian, uh, Ebrahimi, Ezatullahi. Dejagya, Shojai, Cheshmi, and Ansari Fad drop. That's that's rough on Ansari Fad. He's been playing well. Um, I'm really pissed about Cheshmi. <laughs> uh, I guess we're moving on from Reza Yan. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's what, 32, 33 now? And uh, I'm not saying he's selfish. He's very but, self-involved. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Torabi is self-involved, but at least Did I say he. Uh, Torabi, yeah, Torabi is. Honestly, that the the crazy thing is, is our bright spot right now, other than Osmond, is Torabi right now. Who would have said that three years ago? Um, but anyways. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't have said that. He didn't seem at the time to be the type of professional to take his career to Europe and maintain it. So I mean, credit to him. Um. No, that's credit, credit to Karosh. Karosh cre- credit let's to... go back to Karosh one second. Kar- that's credit yes. to Karosh that says, go to Europe, make a little bit less money, but fucking show some balls. And, and I feel know? like Tarami has shown his balls. That's why Porto picked him up, you know? And oh, that's yeah, why... Uh, which, by the way, that just completely reminded me. We, we went over the City A stuff. Uh, we didn't even talk about Rio Ave versus Milos. Which is a crazy game. 
I, 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 I really don't want to talk about it because uh, I, I got home about uh, when extra time started. I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm not going to watch this game. Then penalty started. I'll take a look. I had to call my good friend and my co-host of Coffee, Cigarettes, and Couch, as you guys know. I didn't and uh, and he had to show me through video call, and it was a it was an experience to say the least. Yeah, I was in between classes, and uh, actually, my Zoom from my one of my classes had already began, so my class was going on on Zoom while I was watching the game as well and holding the phone so Ali can see it. Twenty four penalties taken between the two teams. Uh, I think Rio Ave had a two scores. Rio, <laughs> Rio Ave had three chances to win the game. Uh, one of their shots hit both posts and went out. Uh, Donnarumma had a save or two. Correct. It was I've never seen a. No, Donnarumma skied oh, it over. Yeah, they went, it went to the keepers. Donnarumma skied it um, over. The other keeper yeah. skied it over. Then they started over. It was a pretty yeah. hectic game. Sorry, I thought it was worth mentioning. I know we're talking about Team Melee right now. Um, what would be your starting lineup for Team Millie right now from the players that I mentioned? Team Millie right now from the players that you mentioned, I think uh, yeah, Abidade deserves to start. Um, I obviously up front, uh, we have to pick from Osborne. Well, you, you go from goalkeeper um, to forward, and then you're gonna go back to so Tony. All right, go ahead. Yeah, but it's. All right, dude. Let me give you my starting lineup, and then you can agree or disagree with it. Who else we got? I'm looking Hans, at the list. Oh, we're gonna do. We're gonna do. I say Abed Zadeh. Yeah. Jesus Hosseini, Christ. Hosseini, Kanani, or do Mohamed D. Abed Zadeh. I'd say Mohamed Remy on the right. Uh, Majid Hosseini, Kanani, okay. uh, yeah. Milad. Yeah. yeah. on the left. Mohamed uh, Yeah. In the middle, uh, Nurullahi. I would go with. And Hodge Safi, and then Claude Deuce at center attacking mid. Um, which by the way, uh, I think Claude Deuce made his um, he did with uh, an assist. debut uh, this past weekend for Brentford in a in a loss, yeah. But they that lost was after he went off the field, that was like on that. him. Uh, so I would go with Deuce at center attacking mid, uh. Olizade on the right, Torabi on the left. Or no, sorry, Taremi on the left. Uh, and honestly, okay. I would I would consider starting Kave over Sarda, just going off form. Yeah, I mean uh I'm pretty disappointed that Sarda didn't didn't uh make yeah, a move we talked about it last this podcast. summer or in this past transfer window. Because um, I really think this was this this was the summer, and uh, I hate like to all our Iranian uh, football listeners. Um, he's kind of soft, man. Why does he want to move? He's too comfortable in Russia. Um, I mean, I, I think the COVID situation didn't help. Is, uh, I I still think I he got offers. I don't offers. know. I, I don't know if he got offers. I think the COVID situation doesn't help. The political situation in Iran doesn't help the marketability of our players. Um, I do think Osmoon is a little too comfortable in Russia. And um, yeah, yeah mom right so I mean, there, there's a lot of factors that went into it. Obviously, we would like to see Osmoon go to a bigger team and flourish there. But um, 
I don't know how many opportunities were available, what the opportunities were. Um, I, th- right. I mean, I could see him doing well in, in a premiership team, honestly. I mean, if um, what's what's the guy's name on Mexican forward? Oh, yeah, uh, Raul if Jimenez Raul Jimenez can Wolves? do what he does on Wolves, I feel like Osmond is yeah. on that level. Um, what you're saying is whatever a Mexican can do in Iran, he can do better. Well, it's not I totally agree. Trump rhetoric here, but um, <laughs> I, I just think skill wise, Osmond has it to, to go there. Um, even 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 for even for a, even he's for more a he's more of a team, complete honest, forward. I think that's a step up from the Russian league, but. Uh, Oh. Yeah, no, he's playing Champions, he's playing League, Champions League. I'm talking about the League, league itself. In terms of the Russian League, I, I think Championship is better. But right. playing in Champions League is better than not, obviously. Um, I, don't, I really don't know much about the Uzbekistan team to mm. give any kind of prediction for tomorrow, but uh, it'll be interesting to see. Um, yeah, go on. I, well, Park Dekor, Uzbekistan's main team, just lost their first place in the Asian Champions League final. Shout out to Salmon uh, Mansouri uh, in Iran, and uh, our we have a, we have a, another team. Sorry, it's always the same Iranian team in an Asian Champions League final, and that's yeah, great to see. Hopefully, I they'll think. do well. Uh, I, I don't know when they play that. I guess when they come back from international break. It's gonna be in February. Oh it, really? Yeah, it's, gonna, it's gonna be in February. That's a it, big break. Because, to... um, yeah, because so the Western, I know. Because the Western part of Asia um, just played all their games right now in Doha and Qatar. Now the Eastern part of Asia, I don't know where they're playing. They're going to do like a like a Lisbon situation for Champions League. So they're going to play. They're starting in mid-November until like end of December. Um, and then we'll figure out in January uh, uh, who okay, okay. is going to play. But by the way, did you hear how a Oh my God, AFC! Can we talk about AFC for a second? The Asian football uh, really quick. Clowns, I think we gotta we gotta we the gotta start Arab up but football yeah. confederation. Yeah. So basically, our top forward—I can't remember his name for Paris Police—got um, suspended two hours before the match because in the game against Pakistan, he scored. He did the little um, how do I put this? Yeah. The slant eye celebration, which is you know offensive. And uh, this, it no in 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 and of itself, it's very offensive. But he's been doing it for years for his little nephew who's got those little uh, Asian eyes, you know. Yeah, and, dude, uh, I, I I don't know if I can support this. And I I, I think that the suspension's right. It's very come on. He's been doing it for three yeah, years. Yeah, what in Iran? <laughs> in Iran. Anyways, that's uh. Yeah, yeah in they Iran, don't give a shit. No, no, but he, no, he always said, no, but he said from the beginning, this is for my little nephew who's got, you know, he's got these kind of eyes, you know, I'm doing it for him. Oh, so I'm just going to the beginning. And if, they, if, if they really want to. It's okay. That, okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, Completely different, my friend. But, okay, then you suspended it right after the game. They suspended him two hours before. A was it before the semifinal? semifinal? I thought I thought he played right. that game. That's, it was two hours before the. He did not play that game. They suspended mm. two hours before the semifinal. Well, AFC has always kind of had it out for Iran and the Iranian team, so I'm not really surprised by that. Uh, 
is the Less Arab Football Confederation. Um, anything else you'd like to add? Which, by the way, sorry, I forgot to mention, also tomorrow is Skocic's uh, first game in charge. So it'll be interesting to see how he does. It is his first game, yeah. Uh, I don't have high hopes. Do you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Pretty long the, the team. <laughs> Uh, Take your pick. I mean, I think we're in a tough situation in the World Cup qualifiers, but I don't think it's irreversible. Um, the talent is. What you're saying is Villamont. Uh, yes, that's what I'm saying. But I, I think that we have enough talent on the team to uh, come back from it. Um, we'll see how they do in these two friendlies. I think Uzbekistan and Mali are a good test for us. Um, especially the Mali game, and we'll see how we do. But I, I also like that we picked a. I also like well, that we picked I'm a coach that has been in Iran best. for a while now and is very familiar with the Iranian league mm. and the players. So, um, and he's not a money hungry Belgian. Note, well, this has been the second episode of. Uh, Coffee, cigarettes, and calcio. Once again, I'd like to thank our senior chief correspondent, uh, Mr. Dr. Dro, medical correspondent, Mr. Dr. Dro. Um, we thank you uh, for your time. We hope uh, we didn't bore you too much, and uh, it was quite expensive, so it, don't expect too much. Of yeah. Um, thank future. you for listening. Uh, you know, thank you for supporting us. Uh, if you can follow us on Instagram at Coffee Cigarettes and Calcio, on Twitter at Cafe Sigs Calcio, and if you'd like to email us questions or you know insult us uh, at Coffee Cigarettes and Calcio at gmail.com. And that's it for us. We'll catch you on the next one. Yeah.